I met Portia Schindler at an eWomen Network conference last year in Dallas, Texas. This is a fantastic organization with the noble mission of helping female entrepreneurs bust the seven-digit ceiling on their business. Imagine if we had a million entrepreneurs making over a million bucks, bringing their services to a world hungry for them. The reality is that only 2% of women-owned businesses have crested that million-dollar ceiling. Last summer at this conference, Portia asked me why. The crowd she hangs with makes way more than a million dollars or two. She hangs with people who own islands and airplanes, and she truly doesn't tell me that to brag. She wants to know what's holding women back from busting the ceiling on their dreams. Since I share that passion to help women design strategies to live their calling with courage, clarity, and confidence, I just had to share this conversation with you. So grab your glass of wine and join us. Portia Schindler, I've been wanting you on my podcast for many, many months. <laughs> we finally made it happen. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited because you are my inspiration when it comes to starting a business. You have walked the fine line of risk and uncertainty. And I think the picture of what you've built is a great story for women to hear when they're um, inspired with an idea and they're thinking, I don't know how to do this. So let's wind back and tell the story of Portia's professional journey and how you came to be a business owner today. Yeah, so my last job was uh, working in integrated health and I was going to school to get my nursing degree and the goal was to just work in that for the rest of my life. And I was in that class, anatomy and physiology, and I just said, I don't want to do this for four more years. I can't do it. I've always been terrible at school. I don't know if it's a short attention span or what, but I just couldn't see myself finishing four more years of this. So I went home, talked to my husband, I said, I'm done. And he said, well, what would you do instead? I said, I don't know. I'd own a store. Like that's the first thing that came to my, my mind. And I said, I, I think I could be a good boss. And because I had a really terrible boss who just loved to humiliate people. Oh, yeah. And then I had a really great boss who was just amazing and loving. Um, and I thought I could be somewhere in the middle, you know? Right. And so my husband said, okay, well, that's an idea. So we bounced around a lot of different ideas, looked at a lot of different things. Um, I just happened to be pregnant at the time and my next door neighbor had a garage sale and I bought all these really cute baby stuff for you know, a fraction of the cost. And I thought, why don't we have a store like this? Cause you know, garage sales and Craigslist is kind of, uncomfortable sometimes I would just love to go into a store and be able to browse and save money all at once yeah. and so that was it I decided that that's what our community needed and we started researching we found a franchise um, called once upon a child that had 300 stores and they were doing pretty well uh, they had a sister franchise called Plato's Closet and there was already one in Colorado Springs and they were doing really well so it just seemed like a good fit so we just took that first step we went and did the tour and I thought this is this is what I want to do this is what our community needs this is what I need as a mom and so we just started to figure out the process like what do we need to get a store open yeah. and I just took it chunk by chunk we needed money, so I figured out how to scrape the money together. We needed a business loan. I applied for one, and amazingly, we got approved for one. And and so before I knew it, 
I was opening a store with 12 employees. <laughs> That's amazing. And you had to hire all those employees. Yes. You had I never did. owned a business before and never. never worked as a manager before. I had some management experience, okay. but nothing like what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there was a huge amount of risk yes. involved in this venture. But what I love is that you saw that there was a need and you immediately started to put the pieces together yes. to fill that need. So many so many times in my life, my husband and I will be sitting at a light and he'll go, I wonder who cleans up the glass on the ground after an accident. I wonder right. if there's a need there. Right. You know, yeah. and I and and I say, Well, you should look into that. Yeah. And I like after the twelfth idea, I said, You are not allowed to state a need <laughs> if you're not gonna actually research it and do it. Right. So I love that you executed on that need and it actually turned out to be good for you because you hired those 12 people and your store was successful and you've replicated and you have three stores now mm-hmm yeah and, and you've uh, busted the seven digit ceiling and that's part of the reason I think it was important for me to have you on the podcast because I think a lot of us think small but you had no um, walls to your vision and tell me what it was like you know you scraped together the amount of money you needed to get that loan and then and then you uh, really busted it and and were successful in that first business how did you decide whether to open a second store so the goal from the very beginning was to own Colorado Springs market and in order Mm -hmm. to do that we needed to own two stores and um, they have this waiting period where they make you wait a year before you you can even apply for a second store mm-hmm. and so the goal was to have um, an, a Plato's Closet and another Once Upon a Child and in that year we were waiting another Plato's Closet opened in our in Colorado Springs and so we thought oh man what now and so that's how we ended up with a close mentor got it so that's a separate franchise mm-hmm. altogether separate franchise uh, same concept but different franchise Right. Um, but we thought, you know, moms are coming in the shop for the kids. Why not have something for mom too next door? And you have it right next door. Right and next it's door. been perfect for my family. Well, my kids are not little anymore, <laughs> but it was perfect for my family years yeah. ago. I love that. And I love the fact that you have turned this business into an opportunity to develop young women. Yes. That was not the intention when I started, but that has become my passion in life is to build these teams and to watch them succeed at running businesses. And I get them young, they come in around 18, and I get to see how their brains just turn on, like a switch is turned on of, I'm gonna run this business, I'm gonna do it well, and I try to provide the tools and the skills to help them do it well, and then I just sit back and let them run. (laughs) I love the way that you talk about just sitting back and letting them excel. You don't micromanage, you don't hover over them, you teach them and then you let them run, and you let them make mistakes. Yes. And I check in with them weekly mm-hmm. to make sure that they do have the right tools because, you know, I think it's easy to just be like, all right, I gave you what you need, now go. But to check in regularly, right. um, I think is really important so they feel that you're you're their support system. Right. Just like my husband was for me. So, right, yeah. right. Now, when you're interviewing a young woman uh, who probably doesn't have business experience, um, may not have college, um, how is how are you looking for that person who you know will have the sense of responsibility to be able to run a store. Yeah, so we hire just about 
anybody, whether they have experience or not. And then we just put them into the job and see how they do. Mm -hmm. And then when we're looking for management, the things that I look for is how coachable they are. So if I give them a, a tip um, on how to treat customers, do they adopt it and make it their own or do they do it for a week and then stop doing it? Okay. And so uh, the other thing I look for is how well they take um, constructive criticism. Yeah. And do they do they use it to become better, or mm -hmm. do they just you know do what they need to do to stay under the radar kind of a thing? Right. And that's that's the one thing I really look for is coachability. And then the second thing is, are they a team player? Can mm -hmm. they work well with others? Can they communicate when there's a disagreement? I love that you you tell this story about them understanding their style and recognizing other people's style. You use the DISC assessment with yes, your managers. That has changed. That was a game changer for us, for sure. Um, I find that there's two sides of the spectrum, uh, the introvert and the extrovert, and a lot of times they don't know how to communicate with each other in ways that they understand each other. And so being able to, I call it bridging the gap of communication, um, and really teaching them how to understand the other one's perspective and then putting their perspectives together and becoming, you know, I call it synergy, but one plus one equals two, but with synergy, it equals five. They build on each other's ideas instead of tearing them down right. from insecurity. It's a quantum yes. equation. And that's been huge for us. You said, you said to me once, your perspective plus my perspective equals a better perspective. Yes. Wouldn't that transform most workplaces? Absolutely. And that's why you do some consulting, not a lot of consulting, a little bit of consulting bit. to help to, to replicate the model that has been successful for you. Mm -hmm. It's worked so well for us uh, that I just want to spread the joy a little bit. <laughs> Which is why I have you here so we can replicate how many people can hear this. Um, it's amazing to me that you uh, are self-taught in leadership. And for someone, I'm geeked out on leadership development and I went and got half of a master's degree and then I met you and I realized you're not the only reason I stopped <laughs> going to graduate school I also just need to find somebody else to pay for it right but honestly um, the the leadership development that you have developed for your life in your business you got from books and seminars books and seminars yep that's pretty amazing. and a hunger a hunger to realize that I can't be a businesswoman without that piece exactly yeah well what I love is that you you left the school environment, formal education and learning because you didn't like the confines of the classroom. Right. You didn't thrive there, but that doesn't mean you're not a learner. Right. You know how to learn and you love to learn. You're voracious yes. for yes. information that can make you a better leader. Practical it's just, learning though for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hands-on. With practical application. Yes. I love that. Um, I love the story of you and your husband taking a year to travel with Tony Robbins and go to all of his conferences. Yes, that was definitely life-changing. And a lot of people don't recognize um, investing in their own development as something that they deserve or that right. is worthy of their money. So tell me how, right. you, how you determine this is something that we're going to invest in. Ooh, so I don't know. I, we went to, my husband and I were in a place where our marriage wasn't as strong as it was. Our businesses were kind of taking over our lives and we have, we have separate businesses. So it wasn't, um, we weren't meeting in the middle as easily as we used to. And so we just had this conversation of, hey, we need help. And so where can we get help from? And my husband said, well, if you're gonna pay for it, we should pay for the best. And I said, well, what's the best? 
He said, Tony Robbins. I said, I don't know who that is. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe now. I didn't know who he was. <laughs> he said, well, he's a multi-billionaire from helping business owners succeed. I was like, okay, well, if you make billionaires I, I from helping people. He must be he okay. Must, yeah, he <laughs> must be pretty good. So we went to a business mastery. And uh, while we were there, um, he does this pitch where he talks about complete immersion. Mm -hmm. And that's how you, that's the only way to rewire your brain is to um, have a full year of being in this culture yeah. of, of Tony Robbins. And so I thought, well, um, if we're going to do this, we should do this. Where, right. Not just one conference and try to, you know, let that change our life, but let's do this full immersion. And we had no idea how much it cost. And so my husband, I told him, you know, go check it out. And he's, he uh, came back and said it was um, $30,000 down payment. <laughs> down payment. Down payment. <laughs> and at the time, we didn't have that kind of cash just sitting, sitting around. But it just so happened that we had just opened a brand new credit card uh, that we hadn't touched yet, and it had a $30,000 line of credit. Wow. And so it was a big risk, but a big leap for us to just put it on the credit card, max that credit card out, and just, you know. But in my mind, my thinking was that if you expand your your mind into what's possible, then anything's possible. Right. Right? Yeah. So if you have the, per like, I am fully, I fully believe, and I've seen it in my sales, where personal growth equals sales, uh -huh. right? And so I knew that if we invested this money into our personal growth, that we would see it come later. And, and how long did it take before you saw it recovered that, that investment? A couple of weeks. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, I think it's so important um, for most of us to hear this. We, I, I, I'm just going to tell my personal story. I have invested in like several different coaches for a small amount, and the results have been small. Small. And I recently had a conversation with somebody who said, are you going to play small for the rest of your life, or are you going to turn the corner? Mm -hmm. You have to put your your faith where your mouth is. Mm -hmm. And actually Absolutely. trust. Absolutely, yeah. And it changes everything it because does. when you hang around people who think with an expansive mindset, it also expands your ability to embrace possibility. So a couple of weeks Absolutely. and you recovered that money. You it never... was a tip that we had learned at that business mastery that we took home and it made us that money back. That is a mm -hmm. pretty, pretty amazing story. Yeah. And I've always, somebody told me a long time ago that you are the average of the five closest yes. people to you, right? Mm -hmm. So that always spoke to me, but somebody told me that your income is the average of the five closest people to you. And I thought, oh, I need richer friends. <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's a really um, interesting point. So I was just listening to a podcast where they were talking about the fact that your money mindset mm -hmm. is going to attract people with the same mindset. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking not enough, not enough, not enough, mm -hmm. I don't have enough, I don't make enough, I don't charge enough. Mm -hmm. Those are the people who are going to come to you. Right. And so think about if you're willing to put down a $30,000 down payment and then you're with the same people for a whole year, what kind of circle you, you kind of attract to yourself. And right. so that's, that's what happened for us. All of a sudden we were around people who own islands and own their own airplanes. And we thought, are you talking about Richard Branson? <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, that's that's the people we were around for a year, and so it really became 
um, well, for me, it be, my mind kind of turned around into money really doesn't matter. Right. Money will come when you need it. Just do what you're, just do what you're put on this earth to do. Absolutely. And money will come. It won't be an issue anymore. It's all about following what's planted in your, in your soul. Right. There's something that you're here to solve. Right. 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 And, and you I didn't even know on, that. No. When you started, you said, I see an opportunity. But in that opportunity, you found a way to impact lives. Right. Yeah. Well, there's something else that you said hanging around the, uh, the Tony Robbins crowd. Um, you know, I was really impressed um, that we were at that, that e-women conference together. And, and you, you said, I'm, I'm surprised that more women are not making a million dollars or more mm -hmm. yet. And we decided we've got to change this. We've got to figure out what's the missing link. Why do women think small? So when you started hanging around that crowd, you said that um, my measly, you know, couple million dollars <laughs> is so small in comparison to what most of those people are making, like the ones that own islands. Yes. So what's the difference in their approach, their thinking? The, the ones that yeah. are doing multi what, what is the difference that will turn somebody from a uh, five-digit to a six to a seven-digit earner? And that's the thing that I learned in Tony Robbins is they are just like us. They're not, they're not these, I mean, they're special in their own way, but they're not these, you know, untouchable people. They're just like us. Yeah. And so it's really just, is it a possibility in your brain? Is, is this something that you can accomplish? Yes or no? There's no maybe and or but about it. Well, it's like what Ford said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Oh, boy. Okay. Now, because this is Women, Work, and Wine, um, we, we talk about the whole spectrum of life. I want you to talk about how you have been successful in building these businesses. Your husband is also an entrepreneur, and you have three kids. Mm -hmm. How does that work out for you? How do you keep all those worlds spinning? So, I'm very blessed, <laughs> I, and I call myself a little spoiled, too, but... Um, my kids go to school and I work in that time that they're in school from eight to three. And then I pick them up and I'm full-time mommy for the rest of the night. I love it. And then I have my businesses set up where they're out for the summer and so I'm full-time mom for the summer. Wow, because you set up a really good management team. Yes. You have things really moving. Yeah, the best way to manage is to not micromanage. That's exactly. what I found. I found that when in my very first management job, mm -hmm. there was a, um, uh, a guy in the firm who was just not getting along with his manager and he was about to quit and my managing director said we're moving him to your team you better not lose this guy Ooh. because we had too many women needed more men on staff. <laughs> and um, so I said well okay no problem all I'm gonna do is take my hands off yeah I'm gonna give him a job I'm gonna give him his boundaries and I'm gonna walk away mm-hmm and he thrived yeah. and today he's like a VP of Corpcom and wow. totally not because of me but because I took my hands off and yeah, let him let just him prosper on his own exactly find his own way and it sounds I, like that's what happens with your managers I kind of want one of my daughters to come work at your store oh man I love I would love that yes. <laughs> okay well, well we'll look into that yes uh, so what else do you do to um, to try to teach your kids some of the principles that you've learned I just try to lead by example. So when I think about how I want my kids to live their life, I think about really just finding that that thing that makes them tick, you know, the purpose in life and what they're they're here to accomplish. 
And so I, I just hope that if I find my path, then they'll find theirs just by watching me find mine. Yeah. And when they get older, well, you have one 20-year-old son. He's 18. 18, and okay. And nine and five. Nine and five. Mm -hmm. So there are different levels of mm -hmm. discovery, but yes. you know how to, to spot that, and you know how to encourage them in that discovery. I hope so. I, I nag my son a lot more than I nag my employees. I'm trying to figure out how to take out that mom. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. I did the same thing with my daughter in college. I kept trying to ask her what she wanted to accomplish in the world, and she said, Mom, I can't decide that yet. I'm too young. <laughs> But sure enough, she finished college and she got a job actually doing psychology full time. Oh, wow. Which people said was impossible. Yeah. But I said, you know what? It doesn't matter. Stick with, you choose your classes based on what makes you interested in going to class. Mm -hmm. And in the end, you're going to end up with a degree that's valuable to you. Yeah. And you're going to find out what you're supposed to do with it later. Yeah. Absolutely. So that has been her discovery um, path. And now she's working at Microsoft. So that's awesome. Yeah, I think um, it's it's amazing the hands-off approach mm -hmm. could change a lot of lives. Okay, so when your hands are off and you've had your massage and your <laughs> intravenous um, spa treatment. And my we, nails done. And your nails. Yep. Yeah, nice nails. I Thank love you. It. <laughs> um, what is your favorite beverage to <clears throat> relax with? <laughs> Prosecco is by far my favorite. I know that from traveling with you, and I'm ordering a different red wine at every happy hour, and you're ordering Prosecco in the yes. morning, Prosecco in the evening. Not necessarily drinking in the morning, well, but I mean... Well, I mean, you can mix it with orange juice, exactly. and it's completely appropriate. Exactly. So, tell me what kind of Prosecco is your favorite? What inspired you that... So, my favorite Prosecco is La Marca. It's a blue bottle. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It tastes the best to me. Um, but how I got into Prosecco was, I think it was 2018, I decided that I wanted to remind myself that I have something to celebrate every day. Oh. And so in order to remind myself, I decided to drink champagne whenever I drink. Um, and that would just be a constant reminder of what are you celebrating today? What are you celebrating tomorrow? And it kind of just stuck, so now I love it. I love that concept. Yeah. We have something to celebrate every, every moment. Day. You just gotta find it. That's why I got that fancy it, really. coffee that came with the seltzer water because mm -hmm. it was bubbly. Yeah, it definitely felt celebratory. Yes, and that's how I feel every time I have that champagne glass. I don't know right. what it is about the champagne glass. It's like New Year's Eve. Exactly. Celebrate the New Year. So that is a really good reminder. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep that idea because um, I've been reading and learning a lot about using gratitude to rewire my mind. Mm -hmm. And that spirit of celebration is just a, a state of mind to, to stay in. No matter what the circumstances are, there's Absolutely. always something good yes. happening now. Yes. I love that spirit. And champagne and I, will remind you. <laughs> it really does. It really worked. It really Well, worked. and, you know, I, I looked at this one. Um, I'm planning um, a retreat in Colorado Springs, and I'm planning a retreat in um, Bath, England, and then one in France. Oh. I know. And there's this one property in France that's in the Champagne region. Oh, I'm mm -hmm. so there. You're so there. <laughs> I'm so there. I was thinking when I was, um, um, you know, talking with the property and, and looking into their spa services, oh I said, this is a Porsche property. Absolutely. When I see Prosecco, so I think of you. And now this is <laughs> Champagne. Prosecco is kind of an Italian thing, right? Mm -hmm. So that's okay because it's all good. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, it is. We can explore both at the same time. So I'll right. expect you at the uh, that champagne. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to plan that. Yes. Okay, girl. So um, if you're not really doing counseling uh, or consulting right now, no. But if people are looking to benefit from your stores in Colorado Springs, yeah. let us know where to find them. They're on Woodman and Academy next to the Hobby Lobby. Yep. That's a Once Upon a Child and a Closed Mentor. Yes. And then another Once Upon a Child. On Southgate, Nevada. Southgate, Nevada. So go support her stores and make yourself some cash if you bring the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you may not see Portia, though, because she's going to be getting a massage and a, traveling a, the world. <laughs> traveling the world. <laughs> I want to be like you when I grow up, Portia. Thanks for being on. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad you took the time to have a glass of wine with the girls today. I hope you found something that you can take back into your life that moves you from surviving to thriving in your workday and every day. If you love the conversation here, you might like to get on my mail list. Just go to 360lifestrategies.com and sign up. Heck, check out the blog or the retreats page if the subject caught your attention. There are other places where we can hang out. You need strategies for your everyday life? Look up 360 Life Strategies on Facebook or Pinterest where you can find my wine palace. Or suit your soul with everyday inspiration on Instagram at Donna Carlson 360. I hope you'll come again, bring a friend, and let us know what you think of this podcast. Heck, if you'll take 30 seconds and rate us now, we can keep bringing you strategies that make work and life work for you. Until next time.